Good afternoon and welcome to the latest edition of Lunchtime Learnings. I'm delighted to be joined by the very energetic, um, inspirational Alex Tan, who is the uh, Regional Sales Director at Andrews Property Group. I've never known Alex, so firstly, welcome and thank you for your time this afternoon. I'm incredibly grateful. And in all the podcasts I've done before and put out that I'm going to have a guest, I've had, I don't think I've had so many people saying, oh, I'm so excited about this one. Alex is inspirational. She's an amazing, amazing lady. So I'm super excited. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I'm super excited to find out. why um everybody feels so highly and passionately about you which is amazing me so too Stephen. <laughs> you're right, absolutely no pressure on that introduction whatsoever so um so welcome so tell us a little bit about yourself how did you manage to become an estate agent and a very good one at that and tell us about your journey sure so i went to university and i studied business i thought what do i do now and i went into advertising so um from selling publications and adverts and publications and it was cold calling on the phone relentless very boiler boiler room-esque um and i did it for a year so in that environment that's um that's solid but it was tough it was really tough and i think what that made me realize is that i want to be able to connect with customers meet with them and interact with them face to face so then naturally for me, property seemed like an absolute no brainer. Although when I did start in the industry, it was 2008. So some people may well have said probably the worst time <laughs> to enter the industry. Um, and when I did actually join my first company, they did say, well, why do you want to come into property? So I thought that was a really good challenge for me. Um, then I came into agency absolutely loved it still here today obviously um i think what i've really enjoyed is being able to go from being a trainee um a trainee estate agent all the way up to what i'm doing now as regional sales director at andrews fantastic so i'm sure that there's been loads of lessons along the way that you've learned going from a trainee to regional sales director and well done because that's an incredible jump so it shows what you what you can do um so and that's brilliant so if we go back so i just want to start about your first job after uni and you talked about cold calling and you talked about um being in a boardroom and obviously that's quite scary um being chucked in at the deep end but what lessons did you learn um by being thrown in the deep end then resilience i think that is so paramount paramount to to anything especially in that environment because you do get the knockbacks you can't even get through you have to get through the gatekeepers before you get to the decision makers but for me it really was the key and laid the foundation towards me being a successful salesperson because you have to be able to bounce back from all of those setbacks because you would be making hundreds of calls a day to be able to obviously make sure that you can speak to the decision maker and, and pitch and i think that in our industry there are highs and lows and it's a, it's a roller coaster so for me that really did set me up so having a positive mental attitude in ev- in anything and everything that you do i think that is so key um well particularly to my success because i'm a i'm a glass half full person and i think that that perseverance perseverance and that energy i think is 
the recipe to success. Look, 100% and I couldn't agree more. So, and I think, I think you summed it up really perfectly. We do have good and bad days in this. It is a roller coaster. Um, some days there are amazing highs and sadly there are some incredible lows as well. And I think being resilient is a really important characteristic, um, as is understanding that you are going to get rejected. So um, how do you cope or how did you cope with um, no, 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 people slamming the phone down saying, Alex, why are you calling me? So how did you you try and handle the objections but then you know don't you and you've had enough you don't want to spoil any rapport because it might be an opportunity at a later date again that's like with the industry today also in the cold calling environment and I think you just brush yourself up and you get onto that next phone call um and I think that really did set me up especially well for a state agency I think when you get newcomers that you speak to and they come into the industry, they think, oh, you're going out on viewings all the time or you're going out on market appraisals. But the reality is that it's very much a 50-50 divide in terms of being able to speak with customers and physically go and seeing them. So that's a really important element of, of the business that you need to make sure that people are aware of when they think, oh, I want to be an estate agent. So where's this positive attitude come from? I don't know. I think it's just inbuilt and ingrained in me. It's just that I think it just gets me through life. And I've always been that upbeat person. Don't get me wrong. Not everything is all fabulous and always merry. But I think that you have to be able to make sure it's self-fulfilling prophecy. If you feel good, if you've got that energy and positivity, it gets you through through the day. And something that I feel really strongly and passionately about with my teams and the people that I work with is that it's really important to be able to have fun and be upbeat and be able to have those times within an office environment because we work long hours from you know from nine till six o'clock to keep that high energy you know it can be quite a chore but that's why you have to have those elements where you're bonding with your teams you're having fun you have that banter because when you're on the phone to customers they can feel that energy and you feel happy when you're speaking with them so I think that it impresses on other people so I think that that for me is always the mentality that I have been and I have to be true to myself because I'm not for everyone sometimes it's irritating it's like ah you know I, I can be a bit like in your face um but that's just me and I think that that's a, another lesson is that to just be true to yourself and authentic and don't change for anybody um because I think that for me that's what's got me to where I am today and that's why I love what I do. And I think that it's really important that other people see that as well. You know what? It already has come over in the first five, six minutes on here. Your energy, your boundless <laughs> And this, this helps coffee. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, Lots so of coffee. Starbucks, Starbucks, you get a plug as well. There you go. Maybe we oh, should yeah. be sponsored by Starbucks. <laughs> and coffee one. Love coffee one. <laughs> there you go so there's loads of things that you talked about there and there you go um joe ryan so my walking partner on a sunday has um joined in and says um your energy is infectious so thank I you i love joe ryan thank you there it's you amazing. go mutual friends <laughs> um, and then sultan's watching as well so thanks thank you for watching sultan we appreciate it so coming back um, you talked about bonding, you talked about creating a team. Mm -hmm. Okay. So 
how do you go about how do you go about a build a successful team what do you look for when you go out and recruit that is a great question because you like to be able to see people that are similar to you um but then you can't have too many raw people as well you have to be able to find that balance and that synergy otherwise it'd be crazy um but i think that what i look for is that i'm thinking of the customer i'm thinking what will people think when that person is in you know, the living room of a customer and a market appraisal or that viewing, can they connect and can they engage? You know, do how do they come across in terms of trustworthy? Um, you know, that's a that's a key word that comes across in our industry where we obviously try to work, to walk away from the fact of that we have estate agents like traffic wardens or politicians that we want to make sure that people can trust us. And, you know, we are professional and what we do is important. And I think you need to make sure that you've got somebody that has that ethos and those ethics that resonate with you and the company that you represent. So that's something that I feel really strongly about is being able to have that connection. But equally so, you need to have somebody that is hungry and driven and motivated and positive and competitive but it has to be balanced because you don't want to be in that environment where you have cutthroat people and do things underhand you want to be well you want to make sure that you bring people into the business that are going to be a good representation of the organization and also you because obviously you're you're their manager so for me that's really important where do you find those people Oh, I'm always looking. Here's a plug for me. Come and speak to me. If you if you took all those boxes, phone me. They're really hard to find. They are really hard to find. And I think that's a thing because we do um, a lot of recruiting. Um, oh, there you go. Chewy's, Chewy's joining in. So I I do obviously um, use LinkedIn a lot to be able to um, bring people within to the business, and I think that that is such a powerful tool, definitely. But it, they are very difficult. They are very difficult to find. <laughs> it's very difficult to find. So once you've got people within your team, it's being able to, you know, nurture their talent and be able to help them grow and develop within the business and help them with their careers and just instill all of those life lessons that you've learned to make sure that you can again make lots of mini me's okay so what do you do to nurture that talent once you got them oh, well exactly i work in a very collaborative chewy <laughs> is just loving what i've got to say see so excited absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Perfect, perfect timing. We I see it's it. real now. It's probably so. the loudness is probably setting them off. I think it's my I think it's my son coming in from school at the time. So hopefully hopefully it'll be very quick and they will and hopefully they keep quiet. Otherwise it's gonna be a long podcast with you and me and the dogs barking the whole time. So, oh bring them in. They can come in, can't they? We will see. Here you go, no. So there you go. My son's just in from school. Hopefully he'll keep them quiet and we can carry on. Okay. We're just talking about collaboration. So I yeah. I very much like my team 
to have a voice because I like to treat them how I want to be treated, that I have that voice. And that's important as well. And that's really valuable because I absolutely do not know all the answers. I think the best answers are the people that come around, you know, that come from around you. And you really need to tap into that, you know, that that talent. You've got all of these voices. You've got these people that are on the field and, you know, doing the do day to day, whereas I am managing the people and the teams. So I have to make sure that I'm very in tune to, you know, what they think and their opinions. And I genuinely value those opinions. And I think that's why I've got such a, a, a solid team because we do work together and we have fun. I think, like I said before, that is so key to make sure that that high energy as you, that's instilled on your team. Not everybody's up for it. Don't get me wrong. Like, oh God, Alex wants to do another photo or she wants to do another video, but people do it people do embrace it as well but I just think that you have to have fun with everything that you're doing but with the viewpoint that we all achieve that that end goal together as a team um and that we have fun along the way to be able to be highly successful performers okay so you've mentioned have fun four times so far okay what does having fun look like to you and your colleagues at Andrews Property Group I think that it's just being able to, like we talk about the, the positivity and the high energy, just being able to to keep things fresh and do you know, random competitions. So we've got our um, our BM meeting, our branch managers meetings to have, you know, fun little games in between. So people tend to call them icebreakers or whatever those those look like, but just a bit of fun. It mixes it up because otherwise we always talk about figures and that is key we've got targets and we've got these goals that we need to hit absolutely but let's try and mix it up and break it up where people can have fun along the way because I've worked with a lot of people that have been able to achieve that balance because it's not all fun absolutely not and I wouldn't ever want people to think that that's all that me and my team were about absolutely not we're very successful people absolutely but we work together and we have fun along the way Okay, so you've most probably worked with, interviewed, learned from loads of people that are top performers. Um, you've talked about energy, you talked about resilience. Um, what other qualities do you see or look for or that you've worked with that are top performing in this industry? Well, that's a brilliant link to agents together, isn't it? Definitely. I see what you did there. <laughs> um which i absolutely love a massive shout out to sam off he is an absolute legend um when i found out about agents together i couldn't believe the concept and you know that it is available to everybody within our industry and it's free people are blown away by that very fact and i've been fortunate enough to to work with kenny bruce kenny is magnificent and being able to get that insight and that knowledge and just the way that he spoke with me and champions me that's really inspiring and and now I've got Verona you know I think that for me wow I am I am truly lucky um but I would also say if you don't ask you don't get so Sam and I have spoke many times probably sick of me in terms of what I want what I need and what I'm looking for and um I'm just absolutely delighted to be a part of this journey and I think for me it's being able to also um chair 
the word with everybody. So I've spoken to lots of people within Andrews, um, lots of people that I've connected with with LinkedIn. They probably think that I get um, I get paid for these referrals, but I genuinely they probably think I'm a salesperson. You know, you get these automated LinkedIn messages when people are trying to flog you things. I'm like, I'm not. You really genuinely have to do it because. It's an, it's an incredible initiative. And I just feel so strongly about it that I wave that flag any which way that that, you, that, you, that I can really. And now I've got Verena and I'm just like blown away to have such another powerful leader that I get to that I get to work with, that I get to spend time with. And she put a post on LinkedIn re- recently about um, paying it forward, which she's doing with me by giving me her time. She's an incredibly busy person, but she is genuinely taking time out of her busy schedule to speak with me. And that really resonates with me that I, I want to give that back as well. So I'm speaking with Sam in terms of how I can have a mentee because it's been so beneficial to me to be able to give back i think is is so critical okay it's lovely to hear what you say about agents together it's lovely what you say about sam offley um and about the mentors there and i think that sarah and everybody involved does the most incredible job and the amount of time and behind the scenes work i don't think people um realize what goes on and I think now there's well over 370 plus um, mentors. Wow. I think there's well over 600 people that have been mentored. Um, there's definitely over 20,000 free hours have been given. And so for people that are watching this, there's an opportunity there to get three, three, F-R-E-E. Free, free. You know, help, assistance coaching somebody that you can challenge you get you out of your comfort zone but ultimately there to help you guide you and support you um in your journey and why wouldn't you not want to do it and i think having a raving fan like you is absolutely amazing and i know there's a number of other raving fans as well that constantly um talk about agents to giving and the amazing work that it does so thank you love it big shout out to sarah ed as well love her amazing another amazing woman in our industry she certainly is (laughs) she's absolutely incredible absolutely fantastic so sarah if you're watching it keep on doing what you're doing you're one amazing inspirational lady so thank you very much so coming back Okay, so let's go back to where you were as a trainee. Okay, so what were the lessons that you've done? And actually, one thing that's just occurred to me um, is people taking action and accountability and implementing stuff. Because loads of people go on to training, um, they want to self-develop, but then they ended up they end up shelf developing. So to go from somebody who's gone from a trainee to a region of sales director is incredible. So you've obviously implemented and taken loads of action along the way. So being an action taker, how do you do it? How do you implement stuff? How do you make sure it happens day in, day out? Write things down. I think that is so key because you have to take 
ownership. You can't expect people to spoon feed you, micromanage you, because not a lot of people like that. Um, and I think you do have to be self, self-sufficient self and have your own enterprise that you want to build, but only you can do that for yourself. So when you're talking about recruitment, really, Stephen, I think that's so key to see those, in, those raw ingredients because you can build on a lot, but if you don't have the right attitude and you want to be able to achieve and you want to hit targets and you want to progress, um, you can only take people so far. So knowing what I need to achieve, writing it down, breaking it down as well into smaller sections makes it a lot more achievable. So it's actually really simple if you just drill down in terms of what those targets are into bite-sized chunks, but keeping a track of it. I think once you write things down, it's like at the end of the year when you write down your goals and everything that you want to achieve for the year ahead and then being able to look back and see where you are, are you on plan? How are you going to achieve that? I think I very much believe in that those positive affirmations and being able to have vision boards and that for me is really powerful. I'm a very visual person. So for me, that works. It might not work for everybody, but in terms of me and my journey and my life lessons, that's been really crucial to how I've been able to achieve what I've achieved. Brilliant. And again, if I'm on Packing that there's loads of gold in those few sentences and you know I've had a privilege to have um, Vicky Bibarus as a guest on here and Angie Cooney as a guest on here and both of them are successful um, agents in their own right and they've both mentioned vision boards and you know the gold corny saying success leaves clues well success does leave clues here is that you do vision boards as well there's a reason why you're so successful i love the thing that you've said about breaking things down okay Mm -hmm. because and making things far more achievable because actually you know you may get your target at the start of a year and it could be a very scary number Mm -hmm. but breaking it down into maybe um months day, one month, weeks, days, what you need to do. Actually, it's not as scary if you do that. Definitely. One final thing that I think you said, which 100% not enough people look at, is about are we on track or are we off track? And are they reviewing their goals every 7, 14, 21, 28 days? Because if you're reviewing them after 28 days, it's far too long. Um, Definitely. I think that is such a good point because, like you said, you'll have – you know that your your goal at the beginning of the month and it's too late by the time you get to the end of the month you're like well you haven't hit it so well what have you done to make sure that you are on track to be able to make sure that you smash it out of the park okay so another thing then is people's time management or choice management so um i can imagine you're incredibly busy um i know you've got a young daughter as well um how do you manage to juggle everything you do because i see you everywhere you're at this meeting meeting, that meeting you're having your fun you're having your eyes all the time you're all smiling all the time joking aside how do you manage to juggle every single thing you do i think that's the thing i think good planning is critical sam asked a question interestingly enough um on ages together about how time management how do you manage your time because my view is to be able to make sure I get round to 
as many as my people and be able to go into the branches, not just with my branch managers, but obviously the rest of the team within my network across Bristol and Bath. And but something always will get thrown in the mix and it changes your plan. So I like to be able to plan my week in my Outlook diary for the, you know, for the for the month, really, because you have certain meetings that you need to attend, aside from being um, working with your team, and you've got one-to-ones that can take over a week and a half sometimes of the amount of people that you're working with. And it's, it's tricky, because you have to be able to prioritise and see if something really important happens. It might be that you have to drop that or move that, because one of the worst things you can do is move meetings, especially when people are expecting to see you. And I really don't like to do that unless it is super urgent. So it's being strict as well because you think oh I could move that but you have to be able to think of the knock-on effect of how it will affect that person but equally so if you don't tend to that what are the consequences so I think that your mind works at a million times an hour which is okay with me because I've got lots of coffee on board so that's fine um but it is but it is tricky and then being a working mum as well and making sure that my daughter's looked after, that she's in school, that she's happy and this, that and the other. You know, it is a balancing act. And I think you just you just do it. I think that, I think that a lot of mums and dads but would particularly say it's one of those things as part of your routine and you get used to it and they get used to it and you know what you have to conquer. And it's really strange because you just, you just do it. You don't really think about it. You spin all those... Pl- plates and you multitask and the expectations and everything because you've got to deliver you've got to make sure that you deliver on your job and your targets on your role as a mother as a partner as everything really um and you know sometimes it does some things do fall to the side so friendships maybe so for me you know it's very difficult to be able to incorporate that in my life but that's something that I'm balancing and I'm trying to work on and I that's why I'm so open to being able to um get advice and you know recommendations and that's where agents together works so well for me because I don't it's it was so funny when you'd contacted me to do this it's like are you sure he's got the right person (laughs) It, it is the whole imposter syndrome because I think there's so many remarkable people that are out there and I haven't got all the answers and I'm still learning and still developing and I think anybody in any position that they are if they're not open to that and ego gets in the way I just don't, I just personally don't think it's a great thing. And I always want to learn and I always want to develop. So I'm all ears. Well, <laughs> so here's a couple of questions for you. So there's some gentleman called Sam Offley. I've never heard of him who's come on here. <laughs> Thank you both for the shout out. Every time Alex and I speak, Alex is always full of energy and it's the type of energy that's contagious. If anyone, if anyone is feeling low, just give Alex a call. <laughs> Um, also so there you go my bad we've got over 600 sorry 760 mentorships so again you know thank you everybody that take their time um, for these mentees Um, and I know both the mentors and mentees both benefit from it so again anybody watching this if you want to know more about becoming a mentor want to know more about becoming a mentee can have a look at the agents together website you can reach out to sam offley sarah edmondson send me a message and i'll put you in contact with whoever that's needed and um alex is very shy about it as we've heard today so um i'm sure you can reach out i just to don't alex. understand why everybody doesn't why would it's a no-brainer honestly do it <laughs> right so coming back to that um learning to say no 
because there's going to be a lot of people that are watching this um, and just say yes to absolutely everything and then um, most probably really get stressed, suffer. How do you learn to say no? Because it's hard, isn't it? You can't play. I know you can't play. Still learning. No, I think that's the thing, isn't it? I think that it's interesting, isn't it? Because you can tell people to do a certain thing and learn to say no, but I, I'm still guilty of it. You know, I mean, that, that's the thing, isn't it? But it, but because of your time and how precious it is to make sure that you do, like you said about breaking it down, Stephen, and making sure that things get done and prioritising everything in terms of what's urgent, what's not. And I think sometimes you just have to be really strict. I think, you know what? Be true to yourself. How are you going to achieve everything? You say yes, and you get bombarded and you get stressed. And I don't think there's any easy way to say how you can tell other people to say no. Because I, I just, I'm still learning. I don't think there is. I genuinely don't. And if anybody does, message me. Thanks. <laughs> okay. So now all your raving fans are coming on here. So we now have Debbie. <laughs> As well. So totally ah, agree. She has so Debbie. much energy and always makes me feel good when I speak with her. Um, so you talk about this imposter syndrome. Help me understand why you've got imposter syndrome when you've got so many raving fans out there oh, and you're obviously so, exceptional at what you do. That's so lovely. And do you know what? It's great that Debbie was on there. That's really good timing because in in the industry, in Andrew's world, you know, Debbie was a massive figurehead as in a woman and I think that there's we've got so many within our industry and for me I thrive off of that so we've got the women in the state agency conference coming up which I cannot wait for and it's just what we need and that community is oh it's so powerful and everybody's there to to support each other and they're rooting for each other there's no egos whatsoever they genuinely want to help and it's another platform where people can come together ask questions and a safe place because there's not many women in senior positions and and there's so many key women and influential people um not just women but i think for me i, I feel very strongly as a woman in the industry where there's not a lot of us in senior positions and also working mothers too so that's something i feel particularly strong about and i've just come up with a call with um my wonderful colleagues at Andrews, where we're trying to recreate something similar within our organisation, um, which I feel so passionately about. And I'm so excited that we can try and replicate a miniature version within our organisation. And I think that people can only learn and grow from, from having that and, and us acknowledging it um, to a smaller degree. But I think that for us, I'm making sure that we can bring everybody along the journey and support people within an organisation. I'm really excited to see what we achieve. Fantastic. So another one's come on, Andrew Simmons, legend. Ah! I'm sure he's not talking about me, but thank you, Andrew. Um, and Debbie, obviously I need to get you on the podcast as well. Yeah um so give us a shout and we'll try and get you on the right andrew simmons he's the agent that never sleeps he uh, he had the delight of dealing with me when he sold me my house recently <laughs> so he's a got andrew on the spot how was your experience <laughs> joking aside how was your experience it doesn't have to be about andrew but you know buying a house yeah. from an agent's point of view how did you find it so 
you can be nice to Andrew or not. Uh, but I'm sure there were other agents involved <laughs> in that. So how was oh, your experience? So, and what did you learn from that? So I learned, don't tell estate agents that you work in the industry. <laughs> I think that, that was the key. Um, so I made sure that stopped mentioning that element of the business that that me and my partner in are in the business so if i'm not going to tell anybody so when this ha this house came up with parkers with angie's well, i'm not going to say anything but then i saw somebody linked to my linkedin profile i was like damn my cover's blown and that and that was it but angie was brilliant and i think it's really interesting in terms of those interactions and the communication because we're you know we're so customer centric and we really want it to be a really great experience and hiccups happen they happen with me and even though we talk about the stresses and this that and the other when you actually go through the emotions and everything from your side um you can really have that genuine compassion for people we talk about it and i think we can't be flippant in how we deal with it and how it's not transactional you know this is a really emotional purchase and an expensive purchase that people are going through and also when they're selling their property their circumstances you never know what's happening and i think that we can we can have all those figures and numbers but we can't shy away from how what an important pivotal part we play in that journey of people buying and selling properties. Um, so that's something we really try and drive within our our branches and the people that we work with. Um, but it but it's tricky, you know, emotions run high, people will kick off at you, but it's having that understanding of, of why they would and just try and handhold them through the whole journey as best you can and give them the advice, give them that direction and be able to hand over the keys there's nothing more exciting than giving them those keys at the end of the transaction 100 percent. and i think some of the things that you talked about there communication mm. so you know the market is normal compared to how it was um yeah. over covid um and being very respectful because i know agents worked incredibly hard at those times um, oh yeah but the but the market is different. Um, you're not getting the 20, 30, 40 people standing outside the property, best and final offers. Um, you have to give people time now. And I think there's some agents that at the moment, we started in 2008. And I remember we opened up a new office in Crouch End in 2008. We spent an incredible amount of money refurbishing this new office. And then it just collapsed. And for us, actually, it was just an incredible opportunity because there were agents out there that couldn't sell any properties. And even though we were a new agent in that um, town, people were happy to give us a try. So actually, we got a lot of property on relatively quickly. And I'm sure there's a lot of agents that are not communicating with their sellers at the moment because they're not to see the property. Um, and vendor care to me it's, should always be a priority, but even more so now. Even if you're not getting viewings um, physically, you are getting virtual viewings. So you know what your stats are from Rightmove and your own website and your Facebook and stuff like that. You can see what their competition is. So you need to be having um, communication. Then you talked about compassion. 100% you know about having the empathy that you need to have and I think coming back to what you said earlier and, and this is what I always can't understand with estate agents so you mentioned trustworthy 
So, and, you know, I think there was a recent um, post on um, LinkedIn that there was a question on family fortunes, um, which said, um, who are the most hated professions? And some agency <laughs> was on there. And yet we're we trusted to sell people's biggest tax-free assets. And most people, what you say, oh, I'm an estate agent, and you go, liar. And, <laughs> and whatever, um, you know, I won't go into what most people say. We're being polite. You know. um, and yet we're entrusted to deal with somebody's biggest tax-free asset. And, you know, how can estate agents build that trust? You know, how can we demonstrate it? Because there are some exceptional world-class estate agents out there that don't get the praise mm -hmm. that they should be receiving. So, you know, what can we do as agents to build that trust? I think that's that's the ultimate question, isn't it? And I think that if we if we knew, we'd be doing it day after day. And I think that it's more so in the actions that, what you're doing and how you're interacting and how you're behaving, um, that in itself will produce that trust. Because I don't think that you can say, oh, you can trust me, because it's like, well, prove it. And I think that's what our, our job is, that almost that trust can only really be seen at the very end, because they've been able to see your, your emotions and how you react and how you behave. But I, I think it's really difficult to be able to to measure that apart from if you know that you're doing the right thing, that you're doing everything above board, that you're, um, that you're a qualified agent. And I think that that's so key to, to how we operate within an organization within Andrews. And it's really important to us. And that's something that we really strive to do and, and want to be the best at in the industry. Okay, so a couple of final questions, because I'm really grateful of your time and I can hear my stomach rumbling. So, <laughs> um, but um, you talked about being a qualified agent. So obviously we've got property mark out there. Um, yeah. So does everybody have to go through property mark when they come and work for you? And why do you see the, you know, I know you've explained it, but why, why should people be going to property mark um, and getting that qualification? Because I agree with you a hundred percent, you know, um, I've been doing this for a long time and, you know, I've been wondering in my 30 years doing this, why there's no regulation still and why estate agents don't have a license. And I just, just did an interview earlier this morning. It's going to come out on Sunday with um, Matt LaHood, the CEO of the agency in Australia, and they're all licensed out there. And in America, they're licensed out there. But the UK, you can be a butcher or a dentist one day, and then <laughs> you're an estate agent. So why do you feel property mark, having a qualification um, is really important? Or, you know, we speak about Charlotte um, at the Able Agent. Yes, absolutely. Charlotte, what Charlotte's doing as well, um, you know, to help change and regulate the industry but what's the benefits of whether it's with charlotte with property mark um why do you think you all your colleagues go through that program i think it makes you credible in terms of what you're doing rather than doing like the expression but winging it <laughs> and i think that that's the key and we've worked with charlotte at the able agent um to be cpap qualified so we've constantly got um our, our intake of making sure that everybody within Andrew's property group will be qualified. And I think that if you look across the industry in terms of who is, who isn't, 
I think that that will instill that confidence and that trust piece really Stephen to our customers and I don't think there's anything more powerful than that because of the time and the expense that goes in that goes into it it does make it a lot more serious um, rather than just going on a viewing and doing this that and the other and I think that that's why historically agents have been given a bad reputation whereas I do think that this would solidify making sure that people know what they're doing doing the right thing knowing what the laws are and then that way i think that our industry as a as a whole will be put in a lot more favorable light than it has historically 100 percent. so and charlotte's talk- amazing charlotte at the able agent love her amazing there you go another raving fan charlotte <laughs> um, so um you talked a lot about learning and growing um and i know obviously you know you learn and grow with um Bruce, um, Ken Bruce that you talked about, and you also talked about Veronica and how she's making a difference. So apart from there, and apart from Property Mark, um, if people are watching and listening to this now, what recommendations would you have for books, podcasts, or people to follow? Oh, that's a good one. Um, So one of my ultimate old school books, The Secret, love the secret and again that's again about being able to put positivity out to the universe so you can see in terms of the i encompass um podcast your podcast obviously obviously <laughs> obviously, obviously. Hey, i won't um, test you in my last one then no don't test me on the last one i'm still trying <laughs> i need to catch up on quite a few and i think that's something that I need to make more time for and that's one of my commitments to myself when I'm doing my goals is being able to make sure that I've got more podcasts and TED talks to be able to make sure that I'm instilling all this information because I think that we can get so busy doing other things but being able to take that time to diarise like we said and prioritise that I need to make sure that I have an hour of me time but in a sense of be able to to grow and develop so what podcast am I going to listen to what webinar am I going to attend and I think that we've got so much at our disposal to be able to attend for free and that's something that I do actually need to put into my day-to-day learnings because I don't do enough of it and that's something that I need to learn from that I do very active on LinkedIn and there's a lot of great people that I follow I'm particularly interested women are in our industry um not to say there aren't any amazing men because there are absolutely but i think that that's something that i particularly feel passionate about so all of the women that are involved in women and state agency the group and you've you've seen obviously the conference that's coming up in march which will be absolutely incredible you know we've mentioned a lot of key women are in our industry at the moment and there are so many that i absolutely admire and are so influential and i think that i i love the work that they're they're doing so ellie Rees at the moment she's obviously campaigning for the dear sirs and i love that you know she's really pushing that megan 18 oh absolute queen you know we've got all of these brilliant people within our within our industry and i don't think people realize how great the community is that people will reach out to you and they do want to speak to you and if you do need help for anything doesn't matter you know where you are that you have got these people that you can approach um and they want to help you and they do it you know joyfully and i think that we're just really we are extremely lucky 
to have such incredible women in the property industry so don't shy away from it and be a part of it you know I think there's some really exciting things to come and it's quite interesting at this day and age we have this conversation this conversation and there's still many you know glass ceilings we've got to break through but we will there's a powerful force for sure I am looking forward to (laughs) um, being on the panel there as well I know I'm I'm looking forward to seeing you I'm looking forward to meeting you again um as well um you've been absolutely fantastic today so thank you very much and i know on the women in state state agency conference there's only a handful of tickets left so you know this isn't a sales ploy if you want to go you need to book very very quickly otherwise you're going to be on the waiting list so well done to um liana and claire and lucy and um l I've mostly missed out somebody, so I'm really, really sorry. But I think you're doing an incredible job um, putting it all together. And I think it's going to be a really exciting event. Um, Can't wait. Cannot wait. So I look forward to seeing you there. Thank you so much for your time. Um, you've got Thanks so much energy, me. so much energy, so much passion, <laughs> and so many raving fans. It's incredible. <laughs> thank you very much um thank you all for watching and listening today alex if people want to find you and get hold of you you've mentioned linkedin anywhere else that's it all on Uh, linkedin that's that's the main (laughs) social that i use (laughs) brilliant well look thank you for being an amazing guest i really look forward to meeting you soon thank Thank you you everybody have a really good afternoon cheers everybody thank you so much